This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 649, Comic Reviews, the week of Wednesday, January the 30th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 649. It's the Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, January the 30th. Um, recording this on February the 9th, so this is uh, a little bit uh, a little bit delayed, but uh, good to talk about uh, some of the comics that came out back at the last week of January. Uh, there was actually a, a bunch of books I actually got a chance to read this time. Uh, usually, I, I feel like I usually talk about maybe two to five books, but this time uh, we have a lot more to chat about. I think I've read at least eight books. Ooh, Wow. Uh, you better strap yourself in for this episode. Um, <laughs> um, first up, well, we should first talk about some of the books that did come out that I haven't had a chance to read yet, uh, but just some notable releases. Somehow, I haven't read the newest Amazing Spider-Man yet, so I'm a little disappointed in myself there. Um, so I haven't read that. Uh, new issues of Batman Beyond, Black Panther vs. Deadpool, Captain America, Daughters of the Dragon. So I should say that Captain America cover for issue number seven is pretty gorgeous. Um, with Captain America being arrested, but it looks amazing. Uh, Daughters of the Dragon, Doctor Strange, Journey into Unknown Worlds, Man Without Fear, Marvel Knights, uh, 20th, number 6. I finally read the first issue, and I actually pretty much liked it. Um, very much liked it, actually. Uh, we've got Miss Marvel, uh, number 37. Is this? I'm, I, I know it's coming up soon on on uh, the end of this book. I'm not sure when it happens. I think it's... Is it the next issue? Is it 38? I can't remember. Um... Then we have what new issues? Uh, Mysteries of Love and Space, Teen Titans Annual, The Flash, The Flash Annual, The Terrifics, The Unstoppable Wasp, Weapon Age, West Coast Avengers, Wonder Woman, X Force. Uh, so a lot of stuff came out. So what did I get a chance to read? Well, first up we have Action Comics. This is issue uh, one thousand and seven, um, and uh, I'm, a, I'm you know I, overall I think that uh, you know Bendis has definitely breathed an interesting energy into the Superman books. Um, I think action comics, I don't know which one I like the most. This was definitely interesting. Uh, this is the beginning of uh, Leviathan Rises, um, which I thought was really interesting to see how he's using Jimmy. And Jimmy kind of, this felt like a very classic Jimmy plotline. Uh, Jimmy, you know, beginning involved with this woman who ends up being part of Cobra, trying to introduce him to it and him trying to like then escape that. Uh, that felt very much in keeping with, you know, a, a classic Jimmy Olsen adventure. Um, and him kind of sitting on it and the fact that he's having some of his own issues and Clark's not really around for him to talk to I thought was really interesting as well um, the big thing obviously that happens here which is very different and definitely sets this um, run apart and shows that Bendis isn't messing around uh, and wants to you know stir the apple cart sometimes or th- uh, turn the apple cart uh, as you have Lois Lane telling her dad about who, who Clark really is um, that I was surprised at, and I thought it was actually handled pretty eloquently. And, you know, this woman who, you know, is all about secrets, but, you know, this is a man maybe she doesn't want to have to keep a secret from, and I thought that was really good. And, um, and then we have Superman saving Amanda Waller, which I thought was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought there, there was a lot here, a lot to unpack. Um, it's interesting. I feel like an old-school comic might have jumped back and forth between the scenes. Um, and said we just kind of, it's basically like this is the Jimmy story, this is the Lois story, and then this is the Superman story. Um, there's not a lot of Superman in this issue, but I guess he's in four or five, six pages. Um, but I didn't care. Like it's a testament to the writing that Bendis brings to the table here that even though we get very little of Clark 
uh, actually in costume and the quote-unquote action, um, I was still riveted. And I really enjoyed the adventure with Jimmy. I thought uh, that was really fun and enjoyable. So I'm going to give this a, a very positive... Uh, I want to say like an eight and a half. Like this was this was a really enjoyable book. Um, I thought it was just you know a great read. The artwork by Steve Epting was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to give this a, an eight and a half. Um, this was a, a very enjoyable read, and yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, next up, we have Age of X Men Alpha number one. Now, obviously, this is. Uh, Playing off the the trope of uh, you know the Age of Apocalypse way back in the day and having an alpha issue, um, it's funny how many events have tried to replicate that kind of success that um, you had back in the Age of Apocalypse, and nothing's really been able to achieve that. It's just one of those things where it just hit and it hit right, and um, it was a good story and it had good art, and it was just it could never be replicated and people have tried and will try and will continue to try to varying degrees of success and yet it was so well-timed and it was just it sh- it's almost something that shouldn't have worked but it did anyways not to digress even though I love to digress and go on tangents uh, Age of X-Men Alpha this is written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Lonnie, Na- Lonnie Nadler artwork by Ramon Rosanas um, and uh, this was an interesting very different way to start, you know, kind of a big crossover event. You definitely set up all the different kind of other books that are uh, going to be existing as part of Age of X-Men. Um, so some of them more clumsily than others set up, but uh, definitely an interesting way of going through with it. Um, I thought it was interesting because, again, you set up so many different stories and so many, you know, different characters. Um, it was interesting to see it. Put, put together in this way um, yeah so I, I, I liked it you know I, I'm not sure how I feel about needing to do something like Age of X-Men I'm actually almost more excited about Cyclops and Wolverine trying to kind of figure out how to bring the X-Men back from wherever they are um, I don't know why that almost excites me more but um, I like that you know they set up a lot of different books I mean they're setting up what the Marvelous X-Men Next Gen The Amazing Nightcrawler Extremis Prison X and Apocalypse and the Extracts and it does a very successful job of getting you integrated quickly into this world and then, you know, feeding out to, these are the different books that are going to be you know, part of the line, this is some of the characters, and if you want to go you know, find out what happens there, then you go read that book, and I like that, it was, again, an interesting way of going about it, and I think it was far more successful successful than I expected it, I don't know if I really felt that the first, the the ten issues of Uncanny X-Men did an adequate job really leading up to this, it just felt there was a lot of walking, you know, standing in place, there was a lot of hand-wringing. It started out with a bang and kind of ended more with, like, a whimper. But I'm interested so far, and that's hard, you know, I'm at, at times a little bit more um, uh, of a cantankerous comic fan. No, big surprise. Um, so, yeah, so it's so it's interesting uh, that I actually feel invested and actually kind of care and actually are interested. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give that an 8. It was good. Uh, next up, we have Batgirl 81. Um, this, was, this was enjoyable as well. Uh, I've actually been enjoying Batgirl. Um, this, I, I, I don't really love the rendition of the costume that they're using, but it's still cool. Uh, so this is uh, written by Margaret Scott and Paul Pelletier on art, and he really just classes something up. He has a very clean, enjoyable art style that I've always enjoyed. Um really kind of digging how this is being, how the story kind of plays out. Um, this just 
was a very classic feeling Batgirl story. Um, it's you know it's, it's violent and you know Batgirl definitely takes some beatings here, but uh, interesting interesting to kind of see how she uses her brain, um, how she's going up against this character, this uh, Cormorant character. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I very much enjoy this and excited to kind of see where we go from here uh, as the storyline continues. But uh, I'm in, I'm invested. Uh, I liked it and I thought it was great art. Uh, I'm going to give that an eight. Um, I just got caught up on Dead Man Logan, so I actually kind of really enjoyed the first two issues. Uh, so this is Sins of the Father, Part Three. Um, you have Ed Brisson writing it with Mike Anderson on art, and this is you know. Um, uh, old man Logan going up up against the Avengers as he thinks that there are all sorts of villains, but he's obviously been messed with by Mysterio. Uh, so you know he's fighting through uh, Logan, and I like the idea here that you have Sin trying to kind of put things together, trying to take the you know the potential of. Uh, like, I like that first of all that you have Miss Sinisters getting frustrated with the fact that you know they should be able to methodically plan and use Old Man Logan uh, to kill all the heroes because that's what he's done in the past and using Mysterio to do it. I thought that was a really interesting idea. The idea that Sin isn't able to kind of be that focused and just kind of wants to mess with heroes and use Logan to do it. It's very um, what I expect. I, I love Glob being used here. It's very comedic. Like It's a serious issue. Serious things are happening. But you have Glob on, t- on uh, the internet seeing X-Men versus Avengers and going, no, oh no. And then him running through the mansion going, no, 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 no. And just saying, we've got a problem. Um, I found extremely funny. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, a lot of this is an action issue, but it's an interesting action issue because you have the vendors not really wanting to hurt Logan, but also wanting to stop him. And also you have the issue of, you know, Mysterio realizes that he's been, he's being messed with, um, which is interesting as well. Like there's just a lot of surprising layers and subtext going on here. And again, you also have you know, the X-Men basically taking Logan from the scene and the event, uh, the Avengers not really being able to do anything about it at the time. Um, I'm not sure where the rest of this book is going to go. There's still nine issues to go, but um, so far, like I have to say, like this has been much better than I would have anticipated. No offense to the writers, but I just felt like when they said they're going to kill him off, but they're going to do it in a 12-part series, I was like, well, I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, but this was actually really well done. Um, I'm loving everything this week. Uh, everything's eight and above, um, which you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm enjoying these comics. Like it's nice to to read them. Uh, next up, we have Detective Comics nine ninety seven, um, and this was great. This is Peter J. Tomasi, one of my favorite writers, with Doug Monk on art, and uh, what a, what a team working together. Uh, you have the original Mister Miracle here. You have Batman, you know, trying to escape from a trap with him. Um, just the way in which Batman is written as he's kind of thinking about how to how to get out of here, I thought was so interesting and so well written and so methodical and it just felt like this you know, there's a reason why this is a detective comics, like in the best of times you want to read a detective comics book that reads like a detective comic and not just a superhero comic which you might get with Batman, yeah, it doesn't always happen that way, but here I feel like it definitely happened and the way in which Tomasi is writing Batman definitely achieved that um, that you've got a very methodical version. Um, and it, the issue is kind of crazy. It's very mental with Batman kind of fighting these ideas, and uh, it's very, very interesting. And uh, the ending with um, having Batman you know, going to attack Doctor Strange, uh, sorry, Doctor Strange, Hugo Strange, I thought was very compelling. Uh, every, this entire issue just felt like it was a, a great read, great ride. Um, 
exquisitely illustrated by Monk. Uh, I'm going to give it a, an, an eight and a half. Actually, hell, I'm going to give it a nine. Is it better than Action Comics? I don't know. Maybe give it an eight and a half. I'm, I'm waffling back and forth, but they're both such great books. Uh, next up, we have Exiles number 12, which ends this uh, current run of Exiles. Um, it feels like you know we're, we're constantly seeing people trying to recover that magic of the original Exiles. I don't know if any books were really ever going to be able to do it, but this was this was you know, definitely had its fun moments. This is by Saladin Ahmed and Javier Rodriguez. They're the storytellers on file here, and you got Alvaro Lopez on inks. Um, I, I didn't need all of the I don't know all the Watcher stuff, and you have the kind of the, these weird Watchers. You have the unseen. Uh, you have. The art is gorgeous because uh, there's pages here where you have the members of the exiles kind of being condemned to these this this world and this reality that's not theirs, and it's done in the sh- in a kind of the, the shape of their bodies. Um, I thought was very uh, I want to say Starenko esque, but it's just exquisite. Like it it adds such a different visual style to the book and an iconography uh, that I really enjoyed and really made this different. And then like you have a page here where I think there's what one two three four five uh, one two three four five there are twenty five panels, which shouldn't work but does. Um, like I don't like the stuff with the unseen, and I, I think the using you know watchers like this is a little bit overdone but um there's so much artistic merit to this issue that i really enjoyed uh, i'm gonna give it a seven and a half again it not uh, maybe a seven uh it has some exquisite moments um some really cool artistic choices but at the end of the day the, the actual plot and kind of the characters they're fighting against was not that and i didn't find myself that invested as, as a reader and i don't really care for the unseen either but there were some ideas here that were extremely well executed and, and gorgeous and the way in which the art and the story uh, kind of melded together at those moments were really cool um, but I don't think it was consistent enough to make it higher than the 7 Seven still decent, it's still a good book uh, next up we have Heroes in Crisis this is issue number 5 uh, this is by uh, Tom King and uh, who does the art here um, uh, whatchamacallit, I guess it's Tom King and uh, his his good good buddy uh, was it Yenon? Yeah, sorry, Clay Man. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Of course, it's Clay Man. Uh, it's really well illustrated. Um, the book feels like it needs to figure out what it wants to be because uh, it, it's still doing all the you know um, interview confessionals. We have Clark and Lois kind of dealing with their own story that's happening now. You have Skeets being um, interrogated by Batgirl and, and uh, Harley Quinn, which is kind of crazy. You have Booster Gold and uh, kind of knocking out the Flash, which is kind of funny. Um, him working with Blue Beetle to try and figure out what's going on. But then there's pages here, which I feel like you have, what, Superman giving a statement that goes on really long. Um, it doesn't really necessarily add a lot because you have like pictures of Adam Strange and uh, blah, uh, Mr. Terrific, which I, again, don't feel added anything you have what a version of the shining knight like you have so much dialogue but there's not a really strong visual that goes with it um and so that it just kind of feels like random shots um there's definitely some ideas here that i like um but i don't know if it works enough as an issue uh i'm gonna give it a seven um i don't even know if i can give it that like there's pages here which they look nice but they add nothing um, it's just so much dialogue. And, again, I don't know if it's really 
what is this story about? Is it really like moving any of the plot along? It's just this long soliloquy, and I don't think it tells me anything I didn't know already. And it's just making sure that like the human beings, the non-metas of the DC universe, understand that place like Sanctuary exists. But with it from Superman's perspective, like I just uh, I felt it was overly long. It didn't do enough, and. The art was really beautiful, but at times disconnected from what we were getting on the page in terms of the script. I'm going to give it a six. Um, I, I hope that makes sense why I'm giving it that rating. Uh, next up, we have uh, Punisher number seven, which has been really good. Uh, it's by Matthew Rosenberg. This is uh, Warren Megalia part two. Uh, artwork by Simon Kudronsky, who I thought did a really, um, really good take on the Punisher. Uh, Punisher looks crazy and just, but you know, it makes sense because he's been in prison this long. Um, I like the background of this uh, this Mother Mercy, was it Sister Mercy character, who was not the character I thought originally she might have been. Um, interesting, kind of to see how Frank deals with being in prison and how he's being treated, and also how his name is kind of being further besmirched um, by Bullseye, which is kind of an interesting perspective to take. I'm interested to see where they go from this and uh, to see what Frank taking control of the prison really looks like. So, I, I mean, I'm going to give it a 7. It was, it was a decent read. Um, not as strong as some of the prior issues, I think, that we've had uh, in this run, but uh, still enjoyable. So that is my episode this week. Next week we'll be talking about a smattering of different books. We're for sure going to be talking about Daredevil, because that's the only one I've read so far, uh, prior uh, at the time of this recording. Um, some of the releases that come out next week include Adventures of the Super Sons, Age of X-Men, The Marvelous X-Men, uh, what a title, uh, As Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Batman, Champions, Conan the Barbarian. I'm actually falling behind. I haven't read the first issue yet. Uh, or maybe I have read the first one. Uh, new issues of Deadpool, Deathstroke, Female Furies, Green Arrow, Harley Quinn, Immortal Hulk, Justice League, Killmonger, Man and Superman, uh, Old Man Quill, uh, Star Wars Age of the Republic, Anakin Skywalker, Star Wars, Suicide Squad, Black Files, Green Lantern, Gunhawks, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverine the Long Night, X-23, and Young Justice. That is a lot of books coming out on February the 6th, or that have already come out on February the 6th. So thanks for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode will probably be coming up uh, maybe later today, maybe early tomorrow, and uh, it'll be our spotlight on the Lego Movie 2, the second part uh, that I recorded with my wife, Kelly Chapman, which was a lot of fun to record. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.